welcome back to Fan Fatales. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're your hosts. So today we're going to be discussing Harry Potter. Um, this is our first real fandom-related episode, besides the first one being Disney, but... Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> oh. um, what were you going to say, Gabby? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we wanted to spend a little time talking about Harry Potter... Uh, just because it was, for me personally, it was one of the, like, fandoms that I joined later in life, but it's definitely one of my favorites. I have an entire Hogwarts tattoo. It takes up my entire thigh, and it's beautiful, and I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I got into it right after, I think, Deathly Hallows Part 2 had come out in theaters. Um, actually, funny story is the local camp, um, I was a Girl Scout at this time, and the local Girl Scout camporee that year was magic-themed. For so, so for us older girls that were, like, 10 and up, it was Harry Potter. And I remember my friend Sarah at the time was in the two-minute car ride to get to the campsite, was trying to explain to me the seven-book series. It didn't go too well. I was very confused the entire weekend. I mean, that makes a whole (laughs) lot of sense that you would have no idea what's going on. Like, yeah, it's kind of complex to explain. Yeah, and we got to choose our wand, or we had our wand choose us, and we had like potions class and all these other things, and just the immersion of that kind of wanted me to read the book. So my mom and I sat down and would read each book, and then watch the movie for that book and then continue on that's really cool i definitely yeah. started with the movies and i've only read like half the books i'm like getting hey, that's there. okay too i'm getting there um but yeah. i remember when i was a kid i was in a play and i had nothing to do and it was tech week and i was so incredibly bored and one of my <laughs> friends loaned me her copy of the sorcerer's stone or for those of you in the uk the philosopher's stone those of you who do not live in America in general. Oh, yeah. Anybody who just doesn't live in America. Because they were like, Americans are stupid. Philosopher isn't magic enough. Um, nope. So, um, anyway. Um, she loaned me her copy. And I started reading it. But that first chapter is so hard to get through. Yeah. When they're explaining, like, number four private drive Mr. yeah and, and mr dursley yeah. and like how you know There's mama Minnie just... in cat form was just running around i mean you didn't know it was mcgonagall but like still i love mcgonagall so much yeah but yeah i was definitely like what in the world is this why is this so popular this is yeah. so boring and then it took um, actually, my friend and I in high school, in our sophomore year, we went to Universal Studios, and it was my first time going, and she was like, you have to oh, go wow. to Universal Studios, and you can't not see Harry Potter before going yeah. to Universal Studios. So, yeah. she showed me the Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets in one night, and ever since then, I had, like, I- fallen in love with it. <laughs> me and one of my friends, um, Ren, he and I watched all eight movies in two days. We did the first four the first day, and then the second four the second day. That's dedication. But speaking, but speaking of him, my first memory of Harry Potter has to do when 
I we were both in third grade and I remember him coming to class that day and for reference his favorite character is Sirius Black Heck and he yeah. had just read Order of the Phoenix Oof. or he was reading Order of the Phoenix and right before school started he read the chapter where spoiler alert for Order of the Phoenix I mean it's been serious. how many years I mean true and it's a Harry Potter episode so they should yeah. know what they're getting into but Sirius dies, and I remember him coming to class crying and the teacher being so concerned, and that's my first memory of Harry Potter. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, way sadder than my first memory of Harry Potter being like, what in the world is this? Like, I can't even, like, this is so boring. Why would anybody want to read this? What's up with this cat? You know? <laughs> Um, yeah, mine is, my friend came to school crying, yeah. and we were all concerned. Yeah. Yeah, Zach and I recently, we watched through all of them, except for Deathly Hallows, because we did it kind of backwards. We watched the Deathly Hallows, because they were on TV one night, and then we just watched the other ones. I mean, fair. They're always on TV, they I feel are. like. They really are. Thank you, Sci-Fi, because they're not on any other yeah. streaming surface. Um, well, it used to be ABC Family, or now Freeform would show them. Yeah. But then they lost the rights to sci-fi. Yeah. Thank you, sci-fi. They gave up the right. They show rights. them all the time. Yeah. And if you have Hulu, like, premium live, like me and my family do, because we don't have cable, <laughs> um, you can record them, and I record them. You see, you can also do that with YouTube TV, which is what my family has instead go. of cable. Yeah. So yeah, my YouTube TV library is literally the Harry Potter movies, <laughs> the spy- the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, and then Hunger Games and Divergent. Fair. <laughs> that's my entire... That's just exposing me. That is totally fair. But... I mean, if I had that, I would definitely be the same way. I would definitely just have <laughs> Harry Potter and, like, maybe not the Divergent or Hunger Games because I'd never really watched them or got into them. It'd probably be, like... You see, Hunger Games... Well, actually... I'd say that Narnia was my first real fandom, but Hunger Games is probably a close second for me. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So shall we get started with our first topic? Yes, we shall. And before we even, like, start on this topic... We yes. know it's got a little bit of spice around it. There's a little bit of, yes. like, drama around the topic of JKR. And we just want to say, before we even start talking about this, that we don't want to get into anything, like, spicy. So, um, where did my little thing go? Here it is. So before we even start talking about this, I'd like to state very clearly that neither of us are taking a stance on this issue, and we don't plan on going into depth into the issue, as we don't feel comfortable expressing any opinions on it whatsoever. Yes. I definitely agree. Yeah. I was saying, so where do we want to start on this topic? Where do we want to start? Okay. Yeah. Um. So I know that a lot of people are having... A hard time right now because they personally may not agree with the things that JKR has said in the past um, or things that she hasn't said. I went yeah. into like a huge article about this whole thing and I think 
I'm not going to defend her. I'm not going to slander her either way. But I think a lot of people blew it way out of proportion. I think the whole issue was really blown up. And she has an article on her website. If you feel like reading it and you feel like trying to see it from a new perspective that you haven't already seen, I highly recommend reading her article. I'll link to it in the episode, um, like, description if you want to read it. I really recommend it because I think it put a lot of things into perspective for me. And it changed the way I saw the whole situation. I mean, obviously, saying or, you know, obviously, like, transphobia or homophobia or any of that stuff isn't good. Like, nobody should do that. Like, everybody should just live their yeah. own lives and be happy. and let Like I do on lives. all my Harry Potter content. But, I always that being it. said, I think, like I said, I think a lot of people blew it out of proportion. Yeah, um, and I wanted to mention that on all my Harry Potter content that I post on TikTok, I have a message, and it states, racism, homophobia, transphobia, anti-Semitism, etc. have no place on my page. Hate of any kind has no place on my page, period. Yeah, and I think that's, like, a really great way that shows that, like, you know, even if, you know, that this thing happened, even though this thing happened, and the creator of this series that we are all in love with did something that upset a lot of people or said things that upset a lot of people that you know that just because we still love the content that was created doesn't mean that you know we necessarily agree with hateful speech of any kind whether it's from the author or from other people in the fandom right yeah and that that, i definitely agree and that doesn't just go for Like, when it comes to people being people, like, it just, even, like, for opinions, like, people get so much hate for their opinions all the time about, like, oh, well, I think, you know, like, some people may think that Dumbledore actually was justified in leaving Harry at the Dursleys. I feel like the most unpopular, or the character that gets the most, I don't want to say opinions based on him but Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely snape is he good bad yeah so that whole thing gets so toxic i know and like whenever you say anything even remotely in defense of snape people get so so salty or like so offended so fast and it's like hey they're characters first of all they're characters in a book and movie series second of all let me have my own stinking opinion man yeah. Like, I we mean... We see this not just in the Harry Potter fandom. We see yeah. this in all sorts of fandoms. Yeah. And so I think, honestly, I think it's just a good message to have on any thing, period. Like, if you've noticed that you've been getting hate on social media for your opinions about fandoms or about... Even about, you know, political topics, which I don't yeah. want to get into. But, like, even if you're getting hate on your page for just whatever your opinions are, I think this is a great way to basically have a blanket statement that says, yo... It's, we're just here to have a good time. Like, we don't want any hate on our page, right? Yeah. And I definitely, um, I'm looking at the notes that you were writing about how you do not associate the books with their authors, and I definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Like, some of my favorite books are, like, The Shining is one of my favorites. I love The Shining so much. 
And same with um, To Kill a Mockingbird. I know a lot of people think it's yeah. super problematic and, like, because of Ghost Head of Watchmen, they think that it's, like, a terrible book now. But I still love To Kill a Mockingbird, but I don't love it. Honestly, same. Yeah. But I don't love To Kill a Mockingbird and The Shining because Stephen King wrote The Shining and because Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, right? I love it for the content yeah. itself. So, and I yeah. think... I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to separate J.K.R. from Harry Potter. Yeah, especially because that's really her only thing. Like, Stephen King has written a lot of other books. Yeah. And, and I mean, she does have one other series that I have never heard of. Um, and that's the one that's technically under the fake name, right? Robert, yeah. whatever. But, you know, I think... I think that, and, like, I'm a Percy Jackson fan, and I know a lot of people, like, call Rick Riordan, the author of the book series, Uncle Rick. I honestly never have, because I separate the guy who wrote it from the actual story he's Yeah, telling. exactly. And, like, I know a lot of people are, have, like, I've heard a lot of people, actually, even at work, when I've, like mentioned like or they'll see my hogwarts tattoo they're like oh that's really cool but i would never get a harry potter tattoo now or i would never buy anything harry potter now because of the things that she said and these are things that people have said to me at work and i've said you know my explanation is always well you know for me the art isn't about the author yeah for me i think they have no relation to me so for me i'm just enjoying the art because it's art right it really is it was a part yeah. of it was a part of my growing up, especially in high school. Like it definitely helped me through a lot of tough times in high school. And especially and like now it's like helped me a ton, especially through isolation and quarantine and stuff like that, going back to these characters that I had such a strong connection yeah. with. Right? It makes Just me like me with I cosplay so I cosplay a few characters that are in canon. Um well all of them are in canon. It's just we know a lot more about Hermione and Remus, of course. Mm -hmm. But then, during quarantine, I started cosplaying Lily Luna, who in the epilogue is Harry's youngest child, Harry and Jenny's, and then Lily Evans, Harry's mom. And it's just been so freeing to be able to kind of make up my own stories. Of course, we have, like, the whole Snape calling her a mudblood scene, and we know that she gets married to James. But we don't know really yeah. anything about her as a no, person. No, I mean, besides... other than the fact that she had a sister. Yeah. So I've been able to kind of create her, just like Lily Luna. We only see her at age nine, I think, because I think she's two years younger than Albus. Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't see who the woman she becomes. No, not at all. And like, Which if you I think definitely about think it, she's just like a split, a spitting image of her mom. Oh, totally. Star and R. All. Totally. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, I think there's so much fun to be had. And like, when, when you so strongly associate the art with this person who wrote them. It kind of, and, like, yeah. you, because if somebody is, like, okay, how do I want to phrase this? Because <laughs> somebody may disagree with the things that JKR has said or done, they are, they don't want to touch anything Harry Potter. Like, 
in her article I was reading that she found, she got hate mail that people were saying that they're going to burn their copies of Harry Potter. Yeah. For those of you, since this is not video <laughs> and audio, I just gave Gabby the most shocked face yeah. on um, our Zoom call. Yeah. She, yeah, they were like, yeah, we're going to burn our copies of Harry Potter, and I'm never going to watch the movies again, and I'm going to, like, get rid of anything Harry Potter I own. And it's like, okay, if you feel that vehemently about something, like, that's totally your opinion. You are totally fine to have that opinion. But also, like, how sad is it you that see you're- my Harry Potter shelf behind me? Yeah. It's overflowing with crap. Exactly. It's, it's like, great. how sad, how sad that, like, you'll never get to experience that art that you loved so much anymore yeah so i don't know personally i i would never i've always been able to separate the art from the author so like yeah sure i was i don't know sure when everything started going down Mm -hmm. i was very mixed opinions but i was like at the end of the day i separated the art from the author a exactly. long time ago. Like, yeah. The book, it's not like the book is her. It's not her life story. No. Right? No. It's a, it's totally isolated. And I think that that's the best way to keep enjoying the story is just, you, you gotta. Like, that's the only way you could do it if you don't. Yeah. You know, if you don't agree with what she said. And I know a lot of people don't. Oh, yeah. And, again, I'm not saying that I do or don't agree with her. I'm same. not going to share that. Yeah, same. Um, but, but, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just how you gotta do it if you wanna keep enjoying it, right? Yeah. If that's how you feel. So, yeah, I'm going to link that article that she wrote um, in the bio of this episode if you want to go into that more. But I think we covered that pretty well. Yeah. So, um, this next topic. Do we want to go to the next topic that I'm, you also have another link to put in the... Yes. And I'm going to hype this article up, you guys. This next article... So, basically, this next topic that we're going to talk about is Dumbledore and his motives and, mm-hmm. you know... Was he a good person? Like, was he in the right throughout this whole series? And I'm going to hype up this article so hard. It's on theleakycauldron.org. And it is, the article is called The Life and Lies of Alvis Dumbledore, written by The Owen. It's one word, T-H-E-O-W-Y-N. And this article, you guys, I read it, the whole thing. And it is fantastic. It is truly an amazing article. I'm also going to link it in this episode as well. Yeah. So, so let's before get into we it. start talking about it, um, do you believe he is part of the Deathly Hallows? I know that that's a huge fan theory that he represents death. Yeah. In the Deathly Hallows. I honestly never have believed in the whole like. This character represents this in the Deathly Hallows opinion. So, like, for those of you who don't know, it's, um, fans have put, I think it's Harry, Snape, and Voldemort Mm -hmm. as the three brothers. Yep. Harry is the one with the invisibility cloak. 
Mm-hmm. Snape with the resurrection stone? I can't. And Voldemort with the wand? No, I think it's... Yeah. Or is it revert? No, it, I think... It's that one? Let me check. Please fact check me. But then people started adding on to that theory, saying that Dumbledore represented death because he possessed the hor- or the why did I almost say Horcruxes? <laughs> the Hallows at different times and okay was yeah okay. you were right Harry with the cloak, I was right. Snake with the stone and Voldemort with the wand. Okay, yeah, and Dumbledore's yeah, and- death. I don't agree with this theory. Oh, really? I do. Oh. I mean, I don't... I can see it, I don't but... really agree that it's Snape, Harry, and Voldemort, though. I think, like... Yeah. I think kind of all of them are Harry. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> I think it's just Harry, Harry, and Harry. <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I don't know. Cause like, I don't really see Snape as the brother with the resurrection stone. Although I kind of get it. Like his infatuation I kinda get it with for Lily. Lily. Yeah. It it's very much the second brother, but. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Voldemort does, like, try to get the Elder Wand, and that's, like, his kind of thing, and he does, but doesn't he get it? At, yeah, he does get it, like, after Dumbledore dies. Well, yeah, but it's in possession of Snape, technically. That's right, it that's true. It should be Snape's. That's Actually, right. no, it's Draco's, because Draco disarms him, because then Voldemort tries to kill Snape. Right. But the wand doesn't work for him. Yeah. Because it was Draco. Right. Um, it's been a while along. since I've seen these movies, you guys. I, like... My brain is. I was just listening to. um, I love the podcast Potterless. Ooh, Um, look it up. Yeah, they and I was listening to some of their older episodes today, and it was all about half wood prints. I don't know why I didn't just go through Deathly Hallows, the Deathly Hallows episodes today. Mm -hmm. I had a four-hour drive home, so I was just listening to that podcast the entire drive. Fun. But yeah, it um it's about this guy who never read the Harry Potter books as a kid and he read them as like a 30-year-old man hmm. oh, for the first really time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, I don't know how old he is, but he like he read it as an adult past college hmm. man. I think it'd be really interesting to see like have people who read them as a kid and then like, you know, 10 years later get their impression after they've read them as an adult. I mean, and he bring, brought on guests for each episode mm-hmm. that were, were, like, fans since they were children when the books were coming That's out. That's cool. But, yeah. We'll link that one in the episode as well if you want to go check that one out. What was that podcast yeah. called one more time? Potterless. Potterless. Interesting. Yes. So, yeah, I kind of think he's death in the Deathly Hallows, but I kind of don't. I don't know. I see yeah. the logic. I understand the I logic. I see the logic, and I feel like it's, like, any, like, fairy tale kind of thing, like, where people will, like, associate, like, certain people with certain... Metaphors. Metaphors yeah. or whatever. But, I don't know. I don't know. It There's too many 
holes in that theory for me. Yeah, same. That's kind of why I don't believe in it. I do believe in some Harry Potter theories that oh, we sure. could do a full episode oh, about totally Harry Potter theories. Unpopular and popular. Yeah. Okie dokie. So, yeah. So, do you, just right off the bat, do you think Dumbledore and his motives and actions, were they... Were they unnecessary and problematic, or were they necessary and problematic? I mean, they were problematic either way. But were they... Do you think they were necessary? Necessary and problematic because, I mean, he's trying to save the Wizarding World. Of course he does it in a really... Crappy way. Crappy way. I was trying to figure out what word to use there. (laughs) Um, Crappy way. But, um, I don't know, like... I understand why he did it, but, like, there are so many problems with what he did. Oh, totally. Such as, like, leaving Harry with the Dursleys is, like, my biggest thing. That is my first point that I have written out. My, like... I know. Yeah. Like, well, maybe not. It's the second point. Yeah. Because, okay, ever since, like, ever since the night at, um, at, oh, shoot, what is... I can't think of the name Wait, what? of the Potter's house. Godric Solo. Yes, thank you. On October 31st, I think 81, 1981. 81? Okay, yes. Ever since that night, Godric Solo. Fact check, please. Um, he knew that Harry was needed to defeat Voldemort. Like, Harry was going to have to sacrifice himself. He knew that from the beginning. Right? Yep. October thir- um, 31st, 1981. So Halloween of 1981. Perfect. I was right. It's probably because I cosplay Lily, so I did a lot of, like, right around Halloween of last year. I was doing a lot of that night related videos. Aww. Cute, but also, ow. <laughs> I mean, that's all Harry Potter cosplayers do that do James, Lily, Sirius, yeah. Remus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter. Yeah. So in um in the Sorcerer's Stone, there's a conversation. Or sorry, Sorcerer's Stone, no. In uh Chamber of Secrets, there is a conversation that Harry and Dumbledore have where Dumbledore basically is like, Aha, you're a horcrux. Um, when he realizes that Harry can speak parcel tongue and the whole thing with the notebook, right? And he realizes, he quote-unquote realizes that Voldemort made horcruxes, but it's kind of, like, like, hinted at that he knew before that Harry was a horcrux? Yeah. Um, where do I have it written down? Here. So, ooh, I gotta sneeze. (laughs) Okay. So, I have... This is directly from that essay that I mentioned. It's much more likely that Dumbledore had realized that Harry was a horcrux before this conversation, and the Deathly Hallows gives us a clue as to when this might have been. During, quote-unquote, the prince's tale, Dumbledore told Snape on the night Lord Voldemort tried to kill him when Lily cast her own life between them as a shield, the killing curse rebounded upon Lord Voldemort as a fragment and a fragment of Voldemort's soul was blasted apart from the hole and latched itself onto the only living soul only living soul left in that collapsing building. So he clearly knew the night that he came to come get Harry. Yeah. 
And I saw somewhere that it was a theory that he used... Oh, I read it here. He used... Okay, yes. So there was no guesswork, so he knew what had happened that night. And Harry was, like, the only one that was there besides Lily and James. Right? So, like, how could he have known, right? Yeah. So... I do know that in the book... I think it's Deathly Hallows when Harry goes into Sirius's room when they're hiding out at Grimald Place. Mm-hmm. He does get a, he does read a letter from his mom to Sirius, thanking him for a birthday present or so, some sort of present yes. that he had given him. Yeah, with the cat. It's mentioned that they have a orange cat. Yeah. Who who? That... People think it's people think it's Crookshanks, right? I, I, I subscribe to that. Yeah, I think it's Crookshanks, too. I mean, like... Because I think in um, Prisoner of Azkaban, it's even mentioned how long he's there and, like, the t- the years add up. Yeah. Somebody did the math, and it definitely adds up. So, um, it's possible that Dumbledore used uh, the... Oh, gosh. I can't read. The... Legilimency? Yes, thank you. I can't read. Um, (laughs) Legilimency on the... And it's also, like, weird Latin. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Um, That he used it on Harry to, like, figure out what had actually happened. So, if he had actually done that, then he would definitely know way before the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, yeah. Okay. He may not have known as how many, because that's how he figures out his half-wit prince. Yeah. But he definitely definitely knew. Knew, yeah. He definitely knew Harry was a Horcrux, and he definitely knew that, like, in order to for him to fulfill his plan to save the Wizarding World, Harry was going to be sacrificed, which is not cool. Um. So yeah, he left. He left Harry with the Dursleys after he found out what had happened. And they're abusive. Yeah. They're not cool. And, I mean, he does, in The Half-Blood Prince, he does, like, totally rip them a new one for that. Yeah. But. I understand the whole thing about, like, oh, yeah, you need to be, like, at a family's house or whatever. Yeah. Especially at his mother's muggle family, so that way he wasn't, you know, in the wizarding world. Because if he were living in the wizard world, like, how, how, like... Well, that and J- James's parents have died at, yes. by that point, and he's an only child. Yeah. So, I mean, that legitimately, too. her only, or his, his only, only family. family is them. Petunia, well, think. by blood, right? But by blood. One could argue that Sirius is definitely closer family but than Sirius they ever wasn't Azkaban. That's true. Well, not yet. He was gonna go to Azkaban. The next day. Yeah. The next day. I mean, it wasn't that night, though. <laughs> When they brought him. <laughs> anyway. He would have been brought the next day. I know. I know. Which was, as we learned, is wrong. Yeah. Um. But, like, you know, like he says in Order of the Phoenix, um, yeah, he says that he knew it was going to be a long and hard ten years because he just, you know, knew how they were, which is like, okay, yeah. leaving a kid in an abusive home is never okay. As a kid who grew up with a from an abusive home when I lived with my dad. Um, it's never cool. No. But also, 
I like, I can't totally condemn him for doing that. I don't know, because I don't think it was, I don't think it was entirely necessary. I think he definitely could have left him with somebody else. Hell, had he left him with a complete stranger or, well, not a complete stranger, but like had he left him at like an orphanage of some sort, I think that may even have worked. But we also saw how the orphanage treated Tom. Yeah. In the flashback. But that's the wizarding orphanage, though. No, no. it was a muggle one, muggle I'm orphanage? pretty sure. Okay. I thought that was the wizard orphanage. I, I can't remember now. I mean, <laughs> fact check fact again. Check that. Um, but, I mean, also how... He couldn't have left Harry in the wizarding world because it had he done that. Muggle. Mu- orphanage. Oh, okay, you're right. So had he had he left Harry in the wizard world, I think that that would have opened him up to way more problems, and then he would have grown up with this giant, you know, you're the boy who lived, right? You're Harry Potter. Complex. He would be a lot more like Team Starkid's version of Harry Potter than exactly. actual Harry Potter. Very full of himself. Yeah. Very Darren Chris playing He'd be like James. Harry Potter. He would. He would literally be... He'd probably be worse <laughs> than James. That's saying Probably, something. honestly. Because, yeah. like, James... I don't know. I kind of compare him to, like, Han Solo when I think of James yeah. and Lily in I think Harry would have just been very... a total jerk had he grown up in the yeah. world. He would have been a non-racist version of Draco. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, like, I think there was... A, it was a very difficult choice to do that. Like, I think he was kind of with his back up against a wall. Like, he had nothing else to do. I mean, I definitely think that Minerva would have taken care of him, but again, that puts him in that same position of growing up yeah. in the wizard world, which isn't cool. Plus, yeah, I'm she, trying to think of like, anyone else that's like teacher. in their age. Like, if the whole thing with Alice and Frank hadn't happened, where they were crucioed, I I can imagine Alice kind of taking in Harry, Alice Longbottom, so Neville's parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even... I'm. Oh, wait. I think timeline is Molly and Arthur were in year seven when Lily and James were in year I don't think one. it would have worked. I think... No. It wouldn't have. Because they were six years apart, I'm pretty sure. Let me fact check that. What I was saying before, Gabby, is I was like, if... The whole thing with um, Alice and Frank Longbottom mm-hmm. hadn't happened, and like they were actually sane and could take care of Neville, mm-hmm. that I yeah. could see them taking it in. And also, I was wrong about Molly yeah. and um, Lily. They are 10 years apart, so mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been at Hogwarts together at oh. all. Oh, interesting. Because... According to, like, the Harry Potter, like, or the Wizarding World site, whatever it's called now, what used to be Pottermore and is now, like, the Wizarding War, or World branded site, 
It says that Molly is about 1950 is her mm-hmm. year of birth, and for Lily and James, it's 1960. Got it. So they're a full 10 years. Yeah. So that one had Which makes worse. sense, because... Like, yeah, yeah, which makes they have total sense. Bill and Charlie and have, like, Percy grown and kids. Fred and George and yeah. all that. And then Ron and then Jimmy. <laughs> So yeah. it makes sense. Oh, I just missed two. What? Okay. Wait, did I mention Percy in that? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, I did? Yeah, you did. Oh, well. Okay. Bill and Percy, I thought yeah. I missed him. Bill, Charlie, Percy, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I forgot Charlie. How could I forget Charlie? <laughs> could you forget he's the in, dragon he's, oh, tamer? He's mentioned like a... He's mentioned How like a hundred times in my favorite book, in my favorite movie, which is... Goblet of Fire. <laughs> yes, because... Oh, really? Goblet of Fire is your favorite. Yeah. I did not know that. You see, I love... Yeah. It... Movie-wise, I think I love Prisoner the best, and then book-wise, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, my faves are both Goblet of Fire. I love Goblet <laughs> of Fire, 100%. My fave, always been my fave. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to this whole but point. Anyway, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also mentions at King's Cross that he knew Voldemort would go for the Elder Wand. Quote, I have been sure that he would try ever since ever since your wand beat Voldemort's in the graveyard of little Hanglington. Um, so yeah, he basically was like, Yeah, I knew that he was gonna come for the Elder Wand as soon as he like was alive again yeah right and as soon as as soon as harry was able to overpower him for the first time yeah i just oh don't right because he he thinks that if he gets the elder wand he'll be able to kill harry potter which i mean his logic is a little bit flawed yeah. But in killing... Because in killing Harry Potter, he's also killing part of himself. Yeah. And I mean, at that point... Well... what I'm trying to remember when this exactly happens. And I think it's in the Deathly Hallows. When they're what? going to go look for them. This this conversation between um, Harry and... Dumbledore, but I can't remember exactly when this. It's happens. during the King Cro- King's Cross chapter after Voldemort has killed the part of his soul in Harry, and they're like in like quote unquote afterlife kind of situation, talking with each other. That's right. That's right. And they see the like shriveled up Voldemort. That is baby right. fragment soul thing. <laughs> that weird creepy thing. <laughs> That I hate. The thing that looks like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Shriveled up. Yeah. Shriveled up little. Little. Okay. This is going to be kind of nasty. But shriveled up little penis looking Voldemort has always given me nightmares. (laughs) Like he's just a little wrinkle. Okay. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of. um, You know that one episode of Spongebob with the lady in the wheelchair? The chocolate episode? Yes. That's what he looks like to me. That, like, shriveled up little old, like, worm-looking lady. That's what he reminds me of in that whole thing. It just... I could never. 
<laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, anyway. And he then, has like, Albert Fourth right? even and at that point when he's like, Harry. I'm gonna go kill Harry Potter. Or he did kill Harry Potter. But it's like, you also killed part of yourself, bro. You only have, like, Nagini left. Yeah. And, like, Albert Fourth even warned Harry. Yeah. Albert Fourth even warned Harry against Dumbledore. Against his own brother. And yeah. Like, how messed up is that? Everything that happened. Because Dumbledore yeah. is part of He's the like, reason their younger sister was kind of murdered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was like, technically yeah, I mean, like, So, But it was kind of his fault. It was definitely his fault. <laughs> Yeah. But, so, yeah. I also think that he, like, definitely put a target on Snape's back, especially from Voldemort. Because, like, here we go, talking about Snape. People, don't get pressed in the comments. We know Snape is a very polarizing character. Because there are no comments on episodes. Oh, yeah. Reviews. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I know people either love Snape or they hate Snape. He's very polarizing. I have polarizing. mixed opinions. Yeah. I have mixed opinions, just like I do with Dumbledore. Yeah. I think... I don't know. I think he's fine. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I think he's fine. The first... Yeah. The first few movies, I was like, ah, what a jerk. But then you're seeing it through Harry's perspective, which has been clouded by what Dumbledore says, and is he's basically pinning Harry against Snape. Because yeah. I think he knows... I think Dumbledore knows that were Harry to trust Snape... That Though, he- but I forget which book this is. There are a few things that Snape does that I will never forgive him for. And one of them, I think, is in Goblet. Uh-huh. And it's after, I think it's one of Malfoy's spells hits Hermione and it grows her teeth. And he literally goes to this 14-year-old girl and says, I don't notice a difference. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> that's kind of really messed up. That and, you know, calling his best friend a mudblood. Yeah, that's not cool either. <laughs> Those are my two... I can never forgive him for it, but I yeah. don't also... I don't hate him. You don't, like, hold it against him. Yeah. Because he also did not grow it up in a great household situation. No. And I mean, like... I think... Snape is very indicative of what could have happened to... You know, easily one of the other marauders. Yeah. Like, I feel like Snape is a very relatable character. I think he's a very... Well, not relatable, but I think it's just... No. He's like the what if. What had happened had, you know, had James lived in a crappy home like Sirius did. Yeah. Like... Do you know the... Speaking of this, do you know the... I don't want to call it a theory because it's not really a theory, mm -hmm. but people have... For the Marauders era characters, I think it's Lily, James, Sirius, Peter, mm -hmm. Remus, and then Snape. They've assigned one of Harry's fellow classmates in Harry yes, to that. Have I you have seen, seen that? that? Yeah. Where it's like it's them overcoming the mistakes or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's so, I think it's totally sound. Yeah. Because I think So for those of you who don't know, it's Harry as James. But without his arrogance. Without his arrogance. Is it Hermione as Lily? Um, 
Or is it Hermione? No, it's Hermione as um, Remus. Yeah. It's Ginny as Lily, I think. Yeah, Ginny as Lily. Or is she even part of it? Wait, no. No, I think Ginny, Lily, and Neville are part of it. Hold on. No, it's Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, and Luna. Right? I don't think Lily's a part of it. Because I thought it was, I thought it was Remus, Remus, um, Sirius, James, Snape, and Peter. Yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to I don't think Lily's a part of it. Because I'm pretty sure it was Harry's James without the arrogance, um, Hermione is Remus. I can't remember what her, like, separation is. Um... But I'm trying to find it, and nothing okay. is coming. You look for it. Let's take let's take a little water break. How's everybody doing? You need a water break? Go get that water break right now. You know, water is very important. We all need to hydrate, especially now. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing an ad for something, but there's no ad. My ad is water. Drink it. It's good for you. And yeah, no, we don't have sponsors yet. <laughs> no, coffee doesn't count. <laughs> so I found it. Okay. So Harry is James, mm-hmm. Ron is Sirius, there it is. Hermione is Remus, Neville is Peter, mm-hmm. Jenny is Lily, oh, okay. and Luna is Snape. Yeah. Which totally makes so it sense. Says, you will no- um, so this article says, you will notice that none of the six from the old generation survived. The kids each have traits from the old generation, but they're here to fix the past and thus must survive the series to metaphorically write the past. Which totally um, makes sense. Harry is the popular kid who is good at Quidditch but didn't become arrogant. Peter and Neville, it's two people who could have been cowards, but Neville rises to life's challenges. Luna mirrors Snape being mocked. And the whole loony love good and snivelous kind of thing. Yeah. But she overcomes kind of that bullying situation. Instead of being resentful, she learned to love herself regardless. Mm-hmm. Which is so important. Yeah. I'm trying to see if it has anything else. It doesn't ha- have anything about Ron or Hermione in this article. Uh-huh. Interestingly enough. But yeah. Well, go ahead and drop the link to that article in the description for this episode, and we'll let you guys check it out if you want to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll copy it over now. Super interesting. Back to Dumbledore being a total (laughs) booty. Um, so this is- so other than basically raising (laughs) Harry like a pig for slaughter, like Sirius said, right? Sirius said, you know, you used me, I lied- I lied for you. I spied for you. I put myself in danger for you. It was Snape. Huh? It was Snape. That's what I said. No. You said serious. Did I say... Sorry, I meant Snape. I was... <laughs> sorry. If I said serious... I meant Snape. Um, as Snape said, you've used me. I spied for you. Lied for you. Put myself in mortal danger for you. Everything was supposed to uh, keep Lily Potter's son safe. Now you tell me that you've been raising him like a pig for slaughter. Which is true. Yeah. And, yeah, it's totally true. So, aside from that, he totally just, like, flat out lied to Harry. Yeah. At the end of Sorcerer's Stone. So, at the end of Sorcerer's Stone, basically Harry is like, hey, like, um, what is he? He basically asks him, 
like you know why 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 me why why does why does snape like care so much about helping me and um and dumbledore says um i do believe he worked so hard to protect you this year because he felt that would make him and your father quits then he'd have then he could go back to hating your father's memory in peace which is a total lie that is like a yeah. total lie. I mean, clearly he couldn't say, you know, Snape was in love with your mother because that's kind of weird. Like, I mean, could you imagine if some yeah. some guy, like, who you kind of just met, like, earlier this year. And it's also of- your professor who's kind of abusive to you. Yeah. Like, and he was like, oh, by the way, your professor, he's in love with your mother and she's oh, dead. God. And he loves her still all these years later. Yeah. Um... And, like, there's so many other explanations that he could have said that have, like, even, like, a sliver of truth to them. Like, he could have said, um, like, he's a teacher at the school and he would do whatever he could do to protect any student because he's a teacher and that's, like, what he does, right? Which is true. I mean, like, you see it later that he does do whatever Mm -hmm. he can to protect the students, so that would even have a little bit of truth in it. Or, you know, he did suspect Coral as, you know, the events started happening. And he could say, I suspected Quirrell and asked the professor to keep an eye on you. Like, that also would be somewhat true. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to just flat out lie to him. And it was all, it would also give, like, a better understanding for Harry for Snape's motives through the whole thing rather than him just finding out in Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Like, oh, he was a good guy all along. Exactly. You know, right after the guy has just died. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, he, he, like, yeah, they definitely would have given him a better understanding of Snape as a person, and I think they would have had a way better relationship had it started off like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think they, in this article, they speculate that the reason that Dumbledore does this and keeps them pinned against each other is because he wants to keep control of Harry. Harry is, like, the one linchpin in his perfect plan right in his quote-unquote perfect plan to save the wizarding world is harry is the one thing that he can't completely control and by pinning them against each other and making it seem like snape hates him that and making it seem like harry hates snape right that that would keep dumbledore in control of harry yeah which is totally messed up yeah Oh, Dumbledore. Yeah. And he does, he does recognize that his, like, greatest weakness is his thirst for power. Which, at least he's a little bit self-aware about that. But I think, you know, like I said, had Harry and Snape had anything in common or found any common ground at all, that it totally would have, you know, like, Dumbledore would have been shot in the foot and he wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah. Because I think they would have a much stronger the relationship than Harry and Dumbledore ever did. Same. If they weren't always being pinned together. Yeah. And then... Who knows what would have happened. Yeah, exactly. And my last point that I have is that his longing for power has always been benevolent. Even yeah. even when he was plotting with Grindelwald to, like, gain dominion over the muggles and stuff like that, 
Yeah, for the better good or whatever yeah. Grindelwald says. Yeah, it was always, like, for the better good, like, for, for the greater good for himself. Oh, or yeah, for, the, for the greater good. That's that's definitely what it yeah. is. Like, he thinks it's for the muggles' own good, but I I think part of it is for his own good, and he just doesn't want to acknowledge that. Yeah. But, like, you know, all in all, people are complex. I just think he is very... I think people love I think pe- Dumbledore people... blindly. I agree. I think they think that he... Like, they idolize him. They think of him. his favorite quote, or, like, his great quotes. Like, happiness can be found even in the darkest times. Yeah. Only one remembers to turn off the light. Yeah, and, and I other mean... I mean, he's Words not, of wisdom. Yeah, he's not all entirely bad. But he's not entirely no. good either. Like I said, people yeah. are complex, and that even includes characters. And I think it's really awesome that somebody pointed all this stuff out. And again, I'm gonna encourage everybody to read this article because it is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, the whole article is fantastically written. And, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to get this author on our show, I would love to speak to them. If you're listening to this, please yeah reach out to us at the owen spelt with a y um <laughs> yeah yes. please reach out to us we would love to have you on the show we i love everything you wrote it is fantastic <laughs> and then to round out this episode we're gonna do something a little bit more fun and <laughs> a little less problematic um we're gabby gonna... yeah who's your favorite weasley oh here we go um, hmm. I think I'm gonna have to say, believe it or not, I think it's Arthur. I love Arthur, honestly. I honestly mine, think it's Arthur. I think mine is Jenny, but specifically book Jenny. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, and I know that this isn't an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of how she's portrayed in the movies. Because in the book, she's, like, very spunky. Mm-hmm. You know, she's... Yeah, and in the movies, she's She can very... hold her own in the in duels. She's yeah. kind of the same level of, like, humor as Fred. Yeah. But then she's very flat in, in the, the movies. Movie. Yeah, she's very one-note, very shy, very, like, weak damsel in distress type until the end. Yeah. Until when they're in, or not in the end, but in, you know, when they're in the, um, what is it? With all of the prophecies, the room of all the prophecies. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. And she yeah. does that big old, and they're like, you could do that. And she was like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. But like, even in like Half-Blood Prince and all that, like she's been with so many guys. Like she's like, kind of like the girl, all the guys want to date and all that. Like she's the most popular girl. She's very spunky she's mm-hmm. humorous and then they kind of just went let's make her very one-dimensional let's make her boring because we don't have time to go into all of the dimensions of Ginny weasley which is yeah, fair because they literally talk about her bo- bogey hex being like the strongest one that they've seen huh and she takes over i think seeker when in order of the phoenix um umbridge bans harry from the Quidditch team, and she takes on the seeker position for him. That's cool. For the Gryffindor team, and wins that Oh, heck yes! Game. Go, Ginny! 
See, I haven't read yeah. these books yet, which is why I need to read these books or listen to the audiobook. The audiobooks are fantastic, especially the ones on yes. Audible. The guy who reads them is my favorite. I what love him. What is his name? Like Stephen Fry? Not Stephen Fry. No. Jim Henson's, I think is Jim who it Henson's. is. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty Jim sure it's Jim no, Henson. No, it's definitely not Jim Henson. Because he passed before the books came out. I could be wrong. Jim I... Henson is the guy who made the Muppets. Okay, then no, not Jim Henson. It's somebody else. <laughs> Oh, where's my Audible Hold app? On. Hold on. Where's my Audible app? Who wrote Who read them? It's... Because Stephen Fry also has pretty good ones. Um, I gotta look. It's downloading right now. Hold on. I'm almost there. Who reads it? Jim Dale. Jim Dale. Thank you. Those ones are fantastic his voices yeah. i love all of the voices and they them yeah they make me so happy his hagrid voice is my favorite he does it fantastic yeah i don't know i feel like in the movies my favorite weasley is molly i love molly weasley i do love molly but i got i still gotta go with arthur dude i mean like arthur is great. i think I think he's so great. I mean, it's just... he's a he's a pure blood, and like so is Molly. Yeah. Like he's a pure blood. So is Molly, and so is Molly. And they still teach their kids that blood purity Don't doesn't be matter. Racist. <laughs> yeah, they teach them that blood purity doesn't matter, which it doesn't. And I love. I think it is so cute how fascinated he is with the Muggle world, especially with when, especially as a pure blood, the rubber duck. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I know, exactly. Um. The rubber duck. <laughs> I think that um. part is so cute. When he's like, what exactly is the function of a rubber duck? Like, who even would think to ask that? I know. I think, um... And, like... I feel and, like, like he Ford asks Angelina, about, like, electronics the in the books. Like, he asks about, like, how do batteries work or some kind of electronic thing work in the yeah. book. Yeah. And Harry is like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Because it's Harry. But you see, I love Molly for one reason. Yeah, I know. One because, reason like, only. What, what kid actually knows how batteries work? Yeah. But, like, I love Molly for one reason and one reason only. And that is... I do love Molly, too. I love... When, in Deathly Hallows, part two. Not my daughter, you bitch. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I love her for that. I love love her. So, in Deathly Hallows, (coughs) in the book, in the first part, she just keeps trying to get Harry, Ron, and Hermione away from each other (coughs) so they can't plan the camping trip because she's like, no, you guys gotta go to Hogwarts. Yeah. For your last year. I'm, like, dying over here. It's no problem. Another moment is the pureblood tradition when the wizards come of age at age 17, I'm pretty sure. They get watches, and Ron got a brand new watch, and the we- and Molly Weasley gave Harry one of her brother's old watches as, like, a mm-hmm. family heirloom hand-me-down. And I love that moment. Because <laughs> mm. Harry gets to be part of the family with this yeah. watch that was one of her brother's. 
watches or someone yeah. in her family's watch. Yeah, I think that's so sweet. Like, she really cares about Harry. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love how both of them just accept Harry with open arms that are like, yes, you are, yes, you are. You, you are my child now. Yeah, both of them do. I already have how many ever kids, they really but take you're him my in child. as part of their family. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, what's one more? Yeah, at this point, what's one but more? I also love, I also love at the breakfast scene. Yeah, I love in the breakfast scene when they're all sitting at the table and Arthur comes in and he's like counting the kids and he's like, wait a second, like, there's one more. Also, that one more is not a redhead. How did he confuse him for any of his kids? I know. <laughs> I know. Have you seen, I saw this thing one time forever ago that was like, what if Harry had his mother's hair and his father's eyes, oh, like if it was like Arthur flipped? would be so confused. Yeah. And it was, and yeah, he'd Arthur be like, wait a second. He would totally so like have to count confused. seven or eight times before he's like, oh wait, that one's not mine. Yeah. He would be so confused, and it would be great. Yeah, and then it was like, I oh, also love and his, Bill imagine his first Weasley. time meeting Draco, and it's like, hmm, red hair, hand-me-down robes, must be a Weasley. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I also really love um, Bill Basically, Weasley. Basically, we just love the whole Weasley family. The Weasleys are just yeah. great. I want to be adopted by Molly and Arthur. Um, it's really what this comes down to. Um... But yeah, Bill Weasley's great. I don't know. He's cool. I like him. I feel like the only Weasley that I don't really agree with is Percy. Mm -hmm. But, like, he comes around at the end. It takes him seven books to come around and be on his family's side, but... (laughs) Hmm? The only Weasley you don't like is who? Percy. Percy, fair. He's kind of annoying. But he comes but he comes around in like the final moments of Deathly Hallows. Yeah. But he's also really annoying. <laughs> but he it takes him seven books to actually learn and he kind of like disowns his family at one point because they believe that Voldemort's back and he doesn't. Oh, that's not cool. Because he's on the Marauders or he not the Marauders, the Ministry of Magic side. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, right-hand man to the minister, so, you yeah. know, differing opinions would get him fired. Yeah. So, but... I love... Yeah. Okay, speaking of Bill and Molly and and Arthur, I love at Bill and Fleur's wedding when Molly and Arthur are dancing, and it is, oh my gosh, the cutest, the cutest thing. Can we also talk about the moment in the movie when... Jenny has Harry zip up her dress, and then they turn around and have that really awkward kiss, and then I think it's George comes in. Yeah. Morning. Is it George? (laughs) I can't remember. I think it is, because he has the bandaged ear. Okay, so yeah, it's probably George. Yeah. (laughs) My... (laughs) Morn. (laughs) My favorite thing is that the twins... So, James and Oliver Phelps, they would, um, literally, like, pull pranks back, like, behind the scenes. And then when people got mad at them, they're like, I'm just getting into character. Yeah. 
I heard, I love, my favorite story from them is how they actually got the roles, that they, like, skipped school that day, like, without their mom knowing. They just, like, left, they just never went to school, and they went to the open call instead. Yeah. And Another one of my favorite things is during an interview, this one person obviously didn't realize that they were actual twins in, like, real life, and, like, so how did you guys meet each other? <laughs> and one of the two twins, they full-on played it on, they're like, oh, we just got really lucky, and we met our auditions, and it just so happened we looked alike. Wait, what? Okay. Did you not know about that story? No. I mean, they're obviously twins. Like, they are identical. <laughs> Like identical, <laughs> like they're completely identical twins, which they literally are Fred and George, and I love them, yes. and I love their relationship with um with Ivana. I do too, and Tom. They're like really they're, close with yeah. The four Tom. of them are like best friends, and I love that. Yeah, and they do stuff Ugh. all the time. They do like press stuff, and like whenever they like do something new at like the Wizarding World and at Universal, they it's always go. Together. Yeah. I've gotten to be how many of her feet from Fred, George, and Jenny Weasley at the same time and almost cried. Because Harry, um, so here in Orlando, they would, they do, they used to do Harry Potter weekend or whatever it was called at Universal. Mm-hmm. And they'd fly out actors and they'd kind of do like, you know, Q&A sessions, autograph, all that stuff. It's like a convention, but held at the Wizarding World theme park. That's fun. That is, yeah. And I went one year. It was actually, like, probably, like, the last year that they did it. Because mm-hmm. it was the year before the Haggard ride came out here. Yeah. And during, I went to go, like, watch part of the cast Q&A session. So it was the guy who played Victor Crumb, mm-hmm. Tonks, and oh, then friend George and Jenny. Okay. And we were kind of standing off to the side, my little sister and I. And the Universal employee's like, you can go in the, like, front row, which was, like, supposed to be for, like, little kids. I think he thought I was younger than I was. But your sister... Well, you had your sister with you. True. I had my little sister. But, yeah, I got to be, like, the front row from the stage. That's so cool. From those actors. And I remember them telling stories about behind-the-scenes pranks and all that. That sounds like a totally fun time. Okay. I have one last question for you. Yes. If you could be, like, friends with any of the cast from Harry Potter, who would you choose to be friends with? Crap. (sighs) I know, it's a hard one. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, the, like, kid actors, not the adults. Oh, yeah. Because, like, yeah. It's a tough question, I know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. I think I would probably, honestly, like, I know a lot of people simp for Tom Felton, but I think he would be the, like, most fun person to hang out with. Like, well, and you're also a huge Hamilton fan, just like me, and he's a huge Hamilton fan. That too. But I also think, I also think, like, you know, just from what I get, like, his vibe, I think he just has, like, a really chill vibe. I think, like, him and the Phelps twins and Ivana all have, like, a super chill vibe. And I would love to be friends with all of them, but if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Tom. Because I feel like he'd be a really good friend. probably be Ivana. Fair. It would be her. I feel like Um, that whole, like, 
I'm very like crafty, and she made a lot of her props. Like she yeah. made the lion hat, which that is she like wore. fantastic. She... Yeah. Um, I actually so a podcast, another podcast I listened to, which is actually hosted by James and Oliver Phelps, so the Weasley twins. It's called Normal Not Normal, and the episode that they did with Ivana Lynch, they offered to let her paint the Love Good set. Like, full-on make paintings for the Love Goods Really? Set. That's so cool. But, like, yeah, she made all of her jewelry, her hat, and she ended up not because she was studying for her GCSEs at the time or whatever English exams. Our friend Maddie definitely knows about all of that. Oh, yeah. A-levels, GCSEs, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old she was at the time. That's 16? Like probably. Yeah. But that's so about Maddie's age. Yeah, but. that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah, I think I feel like I don't know, every time I hear anything about Tom, he just seems like such a good guy. Yeah. I just I don't know. I feel like I'd get along with Ivana so well from like interviews I've seen of her. Yeah. I feel like she and I could be like real good friends. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. No, I get I get it. I totally get what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, I think, like, if I had to choose, I'd pick Tom. But if I could, I would be friends with that whole group, the four of them. Yeah, same. Um, another thing that is, I think, Oliver played George, right? Yeah. yeah. Oliver played George. George. What did I just say? <laughs> um, We're tired. It's getting late. Yeah. Um, but... So, you know how he loses his ear in Deathly Hallows? Mm -hmm. Of course, they had to make new prosthetics for the ear gone Mm -hmm. um, each day to put a new fresh one on him. He got to keep the last one he um, ever filmed in. And he just always talks about how he has it in a frame next to the desk he uses for podcasting stuff. (laughs) I'm just like... Why? Dude, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> I know, right? SFX makeup gets really gross. I used I had a phase where yeah. I went through SFX where I did a ton of SFX makeup and I still do it every now and then. But it gets really gross. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, I read I I saw an interview with them one time where they were basically talking about the scene where where George dies. Fred dies. Fred dies. Sorry. I get to... <laughs> Um, my favorite thing is the Weasley twin that plays, or the actor who plays Fred, yeah. him on some press tour when Deathly Hallows came out on, like, some train, and a waiter comes over to him and is like, can I get you anything? And he goes, not now, um, like, man, yeah. I just died. Yeah, yes, that is exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> That is exactly what I was thinking of when he was reading the book for the first time and he was like, oh my gosh, I just died. Yeah, because the only one that got the special treatment of this is your character's end is Alan Rickman with Snape. Yeah. So no one else. They weren't going to tell the kids, first of all, if they lived. No, like if anything, it would have been the adults. Yeah. Because the kids, we're seeing how it works with Tom Holland. Yeah, I was just he's not a say, kid. We should learn from Tom Holland. 
Love you, Tom Holland. Love you. <laughs> but, like, you also spoil things. Remember that one time where they pranked him and made him think that he's dropped the whole, like, Spider-Man trait, like, the whole Spider-Man script online? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was the funniest thing. And, um, how they did, the, like, right before they released the newest movie's name, mm-hmm. how they gave him like Zendaya f- and one? the guy, yeah. All different and ones. And the guy who plays Ned. All different fake yeah. ones. <laughs> and everybody was like, what's the real one? Nobody knows! <laughs> um, but yeah, Tom Holland, man. Love him. Speaking of Tom Holland, I think that's a fantastic way to segue into what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, so thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Fan Fatales. Gabby, do you want to tell our lovely audience what we will be talking about next week? Next week's topic? Next week's topic. Ooh, I cannot talk. It is getting late, y'all. Next week's topic is going to be ranking the MCU, chatting about the new Marvel shows, so WandaVision and uh, Falcon, Falcon and, and Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Thank you. I was like, um, well, not Black Panther and, and Winter Soldier. And maybe we could even talk about our opinions on the Loki show. Oh, yeah. See what we're excited about. Year. Right? in the trailer and we're also going to chat about a few other marvel topics because you know we love marvel i'm so excited for avengers canvas to come out it's gonna come out i wish we could get it but i can go into the whole like why disney world will never get it yeah that'll be our conversation i I, I know the whole drama about that okay that'll be our conversation for when we compare disneyland to disney world after i get back from my trip soon (laughs) yes so, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And remember to follow us at Fan Fatales Pod on Instagram to get updates for our next episode. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Bye! Bye! <laughs>